0: Do you have questions about the Catholic faith? Are you just listening because you randomly found this podcast? Whatever the reason, we're glad you're listening. From prayer to the Eucharist to exploring the treasures of the Catholic Church, we will talk about the faith in day-to-day life. This is Seeking Sanctus. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Seeking Sanctus. I'm William Mayberry, and today our guest star is Andy Blyla, who is a master's student in sacred scripture at the Augustan Institute. How are you doing, Andy?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, yeah, no problem. Love to have you. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself before we start?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, I am, I as, as, as William pointed out, I'm a master's student at the Augustan Institute. Uh, They're in Denver, Colorado. Uh uh, I'm doing my degree, uh, via the distance education there, which is just world-class. Um, uh, it's a great school. And if you're looking to, uh, uh, increase your knowledge of, of God, it's a great place to start. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, married. I've been married for quite some time, uh, uh to my wife. Uh, she's a wonderful woman, Robin. She's definitely my better half. I have three children. They're all grown. So we're empty nesters now. And, uh, uh, I do have three grandchildren at the at the ripe young age of 50. Um, I recently retired from the Navy. I did 30 years in the United States Navy um, and, and did the whole spectrum there. I, was, I enlisted first, uh, completed my degree while I was working, and then uh, went through the officer corps as well. Uh, I did first half on ships and then the, the last half on special warfare. So I'm kind of a, uh, a strange chicken there when it comes to the Navy. And uh, when I retired, I... I I came back to Austin, Texas, and here's where I am now.
0: Wow, that's interesting. Uh, I didn't know how long you served in the Navy. I had heard that you had served in the Navy. So with thank you for your service to oh, our country.
1: No worries. Absolutely. It's my honor.
0: Uh, while we're on the uh, asking you about yourself, uh, what made you decide to study theology?
1: You know, it's a strange course. I'm really glad you asked that question. It's a great question. Um, you know... I think uh, anybody in the military that's seen any kind of combat is definitely aware of God. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird how uh, some of the things like that can, can bring you closer to God. Uh, but I was cradle Catholic uh, raised born raised Catholic and uh, you know, always had a tickling to want to learn more uh, than, uh, than what I knew. And, and we'll get to some of that when we, in the topic. Uh, so I don't want to give too much of the weight here, but uh when I retired, you know, I just, uh, you know, sometimes you can you can feel God kicking in a little, just a little kick. I like to call them little kicks, flicking me in my ear, telling me, "Hey, you might want to do this." And uh, my parish priest recommended the Augustine Institute. I looked on and and immediately knew uh, that this was what it was for me, and I needed to do it, and and jumped right in. Uh, so, you know, I think what made me do it was the reception, uh, receptiveness to the Holy Spirit. and and answering that call that
0: uh uh, god's placed out there for me that's great uh i would that you answered my next question perfectly i was gonna ask you why you chose augustine um so (laughs) i'm sorry i didn't mean to jump ahead on that oh it's not a problem uh i was just thinking that that was perfect how you just like answered that perfectly um (laughs) i so uh before we jump in, I just want to say one more time, thank you for your service and I think it is wonderful how you're studying uh, theology and sacred scripture now.
1: I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um as I said earlier, it's, it, it was my it was my privilege. It's a great country, full of great people and uh it was it was definitely my pleasure to do it.
0: All right. Uh well, I uh, I think we'll just jump right into the topic. Uh today's topic is evangelization, why it's important, and uh, some practical tips on how to do it. So uh, why don't we just start with the uh, basic opening question? Could you tell us what evangelization is?
1: You know, we can all look up a textbook definition of evangelization, um, but uh, I I think that's kind of boring. You know, nobody wants to hear the boring part of it. Um, So, you know, evangelization is just you know, sharing, uh, your, our, our, religion with other people and, you know, it, we, we have to realize that it is, uh, it's got a purpose it's got an aim and, and we're trying to, uh, convince people to, to, to become people of God. So that's really what it is. It's, uh, it, it it's just sharing our religion and inviting people to come be a part of it. And and that's really what the Christian life's about. So I, I kind of I kind of really think that evangelization is just the Christian life. Um, but uh, that's that's kind of the non-textbook answer as to what evangelization is.
0: That's an interesting answer. I don't know if I've ever thought of it that way before. Whenever I think evangelization, I think of it as part of the uh, Christian life. I don't know if I've ever thought of it as the Christian life. That's interesting.
1: Well, you know, if you ever. Uh, you, since you brought that up, that that's my my wife. I, I got to give her credit for pointing this phrase. And uh, have you ever seen one of the guys on the street corner? They've got a they've got a sign, and they're they're saying all kinds of crazy things. Um, and they're just really pushy. And and just you got to come to this church. You got to do this. You got to do this. Um, and you think about that, and you're like, ah, maybe that's evangelization. That guy's really pushing hard on evangelization. And what my wife told me a long, long time ago, she goes, God wants spiritual fruit. God wants spiritual fruit, not religious nuts. And and while it's, that's a little amusing, but you think of it, God wants spiritual fruit. And I'm like, exactly. So as we're growing throughout our life, a tree or whatever, this fruit's getting built. There's your evangelization right there. And it just kind of, kind of stuck with me that, hey, you know, by living the Christian life, you're actually evangelizing. And uh, I, I don't know, I
0: found it really interesting. Yeah, I can see where you are coming from on that. That I can't say I've ever personally seen uh, the people you were using as an example, but I can picture that, and I, I can understand where well, you're coming from.
1: Yeah, and I hate to do, I hate to use, <laughs> use people as an example <laughs> because they're great people too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, uh, um You know, I, they're they're great people. They're trying to do great things, and and you know, God bless them for doing it. Um, and it works for some people, but that was my traditional idea of what evangelization was. And I was like, you know what? There's got to be a better way to, to, to do this where it doesn't seem like you're trying to be a salesman.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Uh, while we're on the uh, topic of it being important to spread the uh, faith through, uh, like you said, uh, spiritual fruits, uh, why is evangelization in itself important?
1: Okay, this is... a wow that's just a great question um that's a tough one to answer you know i i think that when people think of uh why it's important they immediately think oh we've got to do it because the church says we have to do it that's why it's important um and in a roundabout way that is the truth it is important because the church um tells us to do it but i think the, the the better way to look at it is is why is the church telling us to do this I mean, are they, are they just trying to sell something? Are they, you know, hey, buy this vacuum cleaner. It's the best vacuum cleaner ever. You need to buy this. And are, I mean, are they trying to turn us all into traveling salesmen? And I, and I don't think that's the why. Uh, you know, the why of it is, is um, that that is the Christian life. If we get back to that, you know, uh, when you look at, at our religion through the Bible, even going back to Genesis, uh, it's very clear that our vocation, uh, as human beings, is to love and commune. Um, the Catechism actually says that as well. Uh, in in Catechism, if you get if you have a copy of the, of the Catechism, get it out and you can go with me. It's twenty three thirty one, and it actually says, you know, the vocation of every human being is communion and love. Our that's our job. That's why God made men and women. That's why He put them together in the garden. That's why He put them with Him. know our that's our job so if you look at evangelization as as trying to build that communion that's what you're trying to do you're just trying to, to build this whole community of everyone you know the second thought in there is 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 that that salvation is for everybody God wants everybody to go to heaven so that's the world's biggest communion if if I hate to use that phrase but it really is it's the it's the biggest communion it's everybody and once you look at evangelization in that manner in that we're trying to get everybody into this giant all-consuming communion along with the love that goes with that that's our vocation so evangelization evangelization is important because it's our vocation god built that into us it's just by our nature that's what we seek that's what makes us happy and that's what makes us better um i mean we can tie it with this podcast i mean two people separated by a thousand miles communing i mean we're fulfilling the vocation right there so uh yeah. that's why i think it's really 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 important
0: yeah uh i agree with you completely uh, that that's some interesting points you made in that uh before sorry i was kind of distracted right there uh before we move on i wanted to say i loved how you were referencing traveling salesmen and that. that that put into my mind uh how if you like pass some like I'm not trying to like diss the other churches here or anything. I'm just using it as an example because uh, we have some in our area. They have like the uh, catchy slogan billboards and everything. They're like, they're trying to grab your attention in that manner. And then if you go to a Catholic church, they're like, if they have one of the signs out in front, it's just like advertising mass times. Like they're inviting you in instead of trying to like push you in that direction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it, Jesus sells himself. We, we don't have to sell him. He sells himself. I mean, it's it, yeah. it, 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 that's that's the thing. You, uh, and that's where I think, you know, when, if we take that traditional view of, of evangelization as a salesman out of the picture, you're like, wow, this is, you're just introducing somebody to your friend. You're introducing them to your friend and saying, hey, why don't you be friends too? Um, and I think, you know, that that catechism, uh, I won't read the quote, but at 2331, just burned when i read it right into my soul that that's what we're trying to do we've got a really 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 good friend and we want him to be your really really good friend too instead of uh you know like you said the billboard like um we we don't have to sell it jesus sells himself he sells himself it's the he's the best answer to everything so um once you change that outlook on it, evangelization doesn't seem to be this scary horrible thing anymore
0: yeah. No, it's when Like, I agree with you. When you uh, think of it in that light, it becomes easier.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, well, that kind of leads uh, right into the next question I have for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, why, why is it important for us to be having conversations about evangelization? <sighs>
1: wow. That's a good one. Um, I can think of 900 reasons, but I'm not going to keep your listeners <laughs> on here forever. But, uh, you know, one of the, the biggest reasons that comes to my mind is, is is demystifying it and and trying to de-scarify it. Uh, I know that's really not a word, but, to, you know, once you, once you take those two things away, the fear, because I, growing up as a young Catholic man about your age, uh, you know, they're like, hey, we need to evangelize. I'm like, I'm not going and knocking on doors and trying to sell Jesus. I'm not doing that. That's terrifying. But the idea of trying to do that terrified me um, because that's the image that popped up into my mind. Uh, but by pulling that image back, um, I can look at every encounter I have with another human being is a chance to evangelize. That doesn't mean I have to say, come to Catholic church with me on Sunday, but I can use it by the way I live, by the way I speak. By the values I uphold, how I treat them, um, even just the books on my desk, and I'll talk about some more of those tips when we get to that portion. But you know, just just by that, that is a, a way to evangelize and at least get my foot in the door. Uh, and I think you know the second thing, reason we need to talk about it is, is I think there's a an image with us that when we evangelize people, it, we've got to do it right now. I've got to make the sale. I, I'm in front of you. I have to make the sale. I have to get it. And and that's not the case, you know. If it takes three, four, ten, whatever times talking to this this person to 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 convince them um, that that Jesus is the answer, then that was ten really good conversations that were worthwhile. So uh, I think by demystifying and, and and trying to not show that this is a scary salesman type thing, that this is just you being you, and that your life is a means of evangelization uh, will, will show the rest of the people uh, in the church that, that they can do this. The, the last thing I will say, the reason we need to talk about this is, is another problem I had when I was uh, your age was this. I was like, man, this is a priest's job. This isn't my job. I go to church. This is the, the, the priest's job. And it's not. It's everybody's job for the reasons I just you know talked about a minute ago. And, and, you know, the catechism supports that uh, as well. It's uh, in catechism, uh, well, in two ways. One, you know, as parents, which I hope we all are going to be when we get married, it's our job to catechize or to, excuse me, to evangelize our children. I mean, that's where you start evangelizing, right? With your children. Uh, And then uh, it's also uh, necessary for us to do it to the the, rest of the world. They actually have in catechism 907 actually talks about the fact that it's it's the job of the lady you and me the regular regular christians to do this so you know we need to talk about it because it's our duty it's our job and it's not scary and it's not a sales pitch and if jesus is this great answer we should want to share this with everybody else because we want everybody else to realize how cool jesus is um so, you know, those are, those are four of the reasons I think we really need to talk about evangelization.
0: Yeah, those are some great points. Uh, honestly, I'd never have thought about uh, parents evangelization. Like I've I've heard some of the other aspects you were talking about, but you don't hear about uh, evangelization starting with parents as much as you do, like uh, with the church itself. So that's a really mm-hmm. great point. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I think we all forget. Uh, before you get to your next question, I think we all forget that we're all born little pagans. I mean, we all are. We're all born little pagans. Um, I mean, kids are, babies are uh, uh, are selfish little things. All they want is their food to be picked up. I mean, we're selfish little pagans. So you know, the, the fact that we turn out good is because we had great parents that evangelized us. And uh, but I, and and I think that goes to the to the point that you know, once you think about it that way, you're like, oh, this isn't such a tough thing to do now because I've already done it. I've already done it and I've already done it with the most important people on the planet, my children, or your brother, or who else? So,
0: yeah, evangelization starts at home, just like most yeah. things.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for making that point. That's a that's a fantastic point. Thank you. Well, the, you know, I can give you the textbook answer, uh, and I, and I've actually talked to your mom about this one. You know, the textbook is is you you know, you can't tell somebody else about your your religion if you don't know it yourself. If you don't know it yourself, and uh, I, had, I had a theory. Um, this isn't church doctrine or dogma or anything, but I have a theory. You know, when when the, when the Reformation happened um, back in the 1500s, there was a lot I, I I can see. You know, in the study of the history and in my classes, there's there was a there's a knowledge gap that came with the laity um, in the Catholic Church. And I grew up, I was lucky enough, I grew up in a military diocese. My dad was uh, military as well. And they maintained Baltimore Catechism long after uh, Vatican II had taken place, uh, which was both good and bad, um, because we should have jumped on Vatican II. That's for another podcast. Uh, but you know, growing up, I grew up a credo Catholic, and I kind of feel that with the, the CCD process that I went through as a young man, and a, and a child I didn't get a lot of our faith uh, as an adult reading the catechism when I'm surprised by things that are in there that 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 shows me that there's a knowledge gap and 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 it and it made me think you know how can I talk to somebody else about my religion if I don't even know it I mean how much I didn't know I joke with your mom all the time about I'm such a bad Catholic because I'll, I'll read something else um, and and I'm just kind of joking but you know if you had asked me, uh, for instance, to explain the Trinity the, or the doctrine of the Trinity uh, to anybody, anybody on the street, you know, 20 years ago, I'd have had a heart attack. I'd have, I'd have been in a, in a realm of fear that I've never been in before in my life because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And that's one of the very basic tenets of our faith is the doctrine of the Trinity. Um, if you'd asked me to name 10 saints, you would probably been pushing it. Uh, To get ten out, Uh, so and I see this in a lot of uh, a lot of cradle Catholics. But if you fall on a bell curve on that, you're going to get you know the average knowledge, then the great knowledge, and then people that are on the far end. But if we want to go out and spread our faith to the other people, we need to have we need to have the basic tenets down. We need to know our stuff. So when I say that I think you need to evangelize with Catholics first, we we need to be having these discussions like we're having. We need to generate discussion. We need to get into the catechism. We need to get into the scriptures, uh, read it for ourselves, ask those questions so that when we are confronted or uh, by by somebody of another uh, denomination or, you know, hopefully somebody strikes up a conversation with you and wants to talk about God because they want to know why you're always walking around with a smile on your face. We're able to give them some stuff. This is why I'm happy. This is why I'm happy, because I'm, I'm, I'm a believer, I'm a Catholic, and, uh, you know, one of the, I, I was teaching RCIA uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, somebody asked me, they're like, well, when are you going to tell us about the three gods you worship? And I was like, the three gods? And they're like, the Trinity, you know, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're three gods, right? And you have to be able to, you know, you have to be able to, to talk about that intelligently to somebody else and and be able to define it enough so that they feel comfortable they know what you're talking about and they're intrigued so that's kind of what i mean by starting with catholics is we need to make sure we're on point before we go jump out and start telling everybody else what we believe and god help us we don't want to say something wrong
0: no we don't want to do that
1: (laughs) definitely don't want to say something wrong because then nobody's going to trust us ever again
0: yeah And I mean, I feel like that's another reason people are nervous about evangelization. Those, like the people who want to do it, like they're afraid they're going to mess something up and then people won't trust the Catholic church because they gave them a wrong answer. Absolutely.
1: And I think that's a justified fear. I really is. But you know, it goes back
0: to the the old
1: answer, which is, is if you don't know, hey, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. St. Augustine said it once. He goes, you know, if you think you understand it, It's not God. So I kind of stuck with that. And that's an okay answer. And sometimes I'll tell people that when they ask me a question and I really don't know the answer. I'm like, look, I don't know. But like St. Augustine said, if you understand it, it's not God. So since I don't understand it, this is a good thing. Let's go find out together. Um, That's a good way. And another way your listeners could get out of this is, is they're already evangelizing their kids. You're already doing it. You're already doing it, and, and, and the kids are evangelizing each other. We're already doing it, so uh, uh, don't be afraid.
0: That's some good advice, Andy. I think uh, I can speak for the listeners, even though we're, like, really way ahead of them. I think they'll appreciate that. Yeah, it's an easy –
1: it, take the fear out of it, my friends. Take the fear out of it. It's a great thing. This should make us happy. This should not make us scared. This should make us happy. We're sharing Jesus with people. This is fantastic.
0: It really is. And uh, again, I loved your point that we have to know it before we can share it. And I think that the, the basic place that that would start is there, there would be two. There'd be at home, like we talked about earlier, and at Mass, where we'd, we would learn from it. And that can be hard to do. There's a, my parish, uh, my parish's previous bishop, retired. But I heard a story about him when he was still uh, our bishop, where he was at a mass once. And before, before I continue, I'm not calling anybody out here. I'm not making fun of <laughs> anybody. Uh, but he said someone gave him a car. And he held up the keys during his homily. And he said, if anyone can tell me what the gospel is about, I will give them this car for nothing. And no one could tell him what the gospel is about.
1: Isn't that frightening?
0: Isn't that yeah. frightening?
1: And, and we're, and, and I'm with you. I don't use this to call anybody out. I am one of the Catholics that I was talking about. I was yeah, one of those guys. I am as well. And I think once we realize that we're that Catholic, we need to do it. Um, you know, I challenge anybody to talk to a Protestant. friend. My, bro- uh, my brother right for him, left the church and, and, and ran to a, a a Protestant denomination, and he can quote verses out of the Bible like left and right. I mean, I can spit out a topic and he can spit it. Um, do I think that makes him better or worse? I, I don't know. I would love to see Catholics that could do that. Uh, Dr. Barbara, one of our professors, said, You know, if you want to get to know Jesus, you need to read the Old Testament. That, that's something Catholics need to hear. That's great advice. That's great advice. It's given me a huge new appreciation for the, the Old Testament. And uh, but you, you hit the nail on the head. We need to know our faith. We need to be able to do it. Not to defend it, to share it. To share it. Uh, defense comes later. But uh, uh, And we can talk about that in a different one. But yeah, we, we have to know it. And and you're right. It starts at home. It starts at mass. I would love for a priest to jump up that because I'm paying attention now because I want to get that free card. <laughs> I was well, paying attention before I tease.
0: Yeah. I mean, like... I'm one of those Catholics too. I have sometimes, I think part of it is my restless nature. I I can't sit in one place for very long, but that's definitely not all of the problem. I have trouble paying attention as well sometimes, but I try to make an effort because how cool is it that you're listening to the entire history of the human race at mass from beginning to end? Well, not end, but (laughs) from the very beginning, you get to listen to it at mass.
1: Amen. Amen. And have a guy who's educated explain it to you. I mean, the only thing that would be better is if Jesus was doing it himself, but uh, we'll get that eventually, won't we?
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, lay people and the Catholic Church, (laughs) uh, what is what? Why is it important to have lay people evangelize instead of, you know, like you said earlier, you thought it was up to the clergy. What's the importance of lay people doing it instead of leaving it to the clergy?
1: I think I mean, everybody knows the priest. and uh, I think people are uh, including myself, are sometimes intimidated to talk to priests. The monsignors intimidate me the most because you know because they've been they've been priests for so long, um, or you know, you, you meet the Pope and you're speechless because you don't have anything, you know you don't know what to say. Uh, I think that drives a little of it. And people when they see a priest, they expect to get. They expect to get the, you know the corporate answer from 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 the clergy. Um, and that's where we have a great advantage. I mean, Uh, one priest, uh, if you think of your parish and you just think of one mass, if there's 200 people in that mass and one priest, that's one guy that can go out and talk to people about God. And it's important. I think it's important that he does. He can do it at a a completely different level than we can. Uh, The monks can, the nuns can, They, they can do it at a completely different level than we can. However, we have so much more access to the general public. I mean, there's 200 of us I mean, why would I want one person to do it when I can have 200 people do it? Um, the, the second thing is, is this is where I'd, I'd recommend people um, read the verse that uh, in Matthew 28. It's at the it's very end, and uh, it, I'll read it. It's Matthew 28, 19. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. It doesn't say, go therefore, you apostles and you apostles only. It doesn't say, go therefore, you five he says, go, therefore, he's speaking to us today through those words. And, you know, th- it, that's instruction from the head guy. I mean, you want you want anything better. You're not going to get it better than that. This is the instruction straight from the top. Uh, it's not diluted. It's, it's straight from the top. Um, and while it it doesn't say that salvation is tied to that, I think it is because, You know what's our goal? Our goal is, as as Christians, laity, is to conform ourselves to Christ. It's to be like Christ. And I, you know, I, I was thinking about this when I was thinking about our talk today. And I was like, well, you know, if I want to conform to Christ, what do I need to do? Well, I need to behave like Him. I need to do the things He did. What did Jesus spend the last three years of His life doing? Evangelizing. That's what He did. So if you want to be conformed to Christ, you're going to have to evangelize. So I think it puts us in a very unique and important position for the church in that we've got this access and it's it's helping conform us to Christ. So it's important for us to think about that. And I think when we put that whole package together, it's it, it's being more like Jesus, it's helping the church, it's fulfilling our vocation to commune and love, and it's not a sales pitch. You're like, man, this is not a bad deal. This is an easy thing for us to do, and uh, it's very important for us to think about it, and um, I, I, I tell the, the, the RCI class when I talk about evangelization, I'm like, you know, how would you answer the question, tell me three reasons you love Jesus. If you can answer those questions, you can evangelize, you know, so sit one night and ask Jesus to help you out with that. Hey, Jesus, I love you because of these three things are help me, um, but you know those are the questions you're going to get asked if you're if you're walking around smiling all the time people are going to go why are you happy and then i go through the you know the three stages and it can always end up with jesus it can always end up with jesus if you go, going then you know i'm happy i'm a you know i'm living a christian life this is great and then it goes down that path so i think it's important for us because we have this huge impact on the entire society we're out there all over the place a priest can only be in one place we can be in 200 places
0: yeah definitely and when you when you like you said 200 if you take into account the whole catholic church all over the world that's a fairly large number of people
1: <laughs> yeah and it, not only that i mean think of this my friend think of this if somebody hadn't done this before us other than just a priest we wouldn't be catholics today we wouldn't be catholics today i mean that's a good uh, point yeah i mean so we're just carrying on the tradition and and uh and, and doing it that way. So I, I think it's important. I think we, we can we make a huge difference as, as lay people.
0: Yeah. And it is important. Because like you said, it came directly from Jesus, the Son of God. And I love how you read that verse from Matthew 28. And it speaks like across time and space. Absolutely. Telling us to spread the faith. And I love that you pointed that out
1: oh yeah and it's jesus talking to us that's the beautiful thing about it like you said i mean across time and space two thousand years that's still relevant that line
0: it is and i think in today's society it especially applies because a lot of the world is in need of hope and the knowledge of god today
1: absolutely and you know what? when you say that i have to read the last part of that line that i saved for the end here um the very last words in this gospel from, from our Lord are, I am with you always to the end of the age. So when you're out there living the Christian life and you're evangelizing and doing all that, he's, he's there with you. He's there with you. So that, that can be a source of comfort as well. You're not a
0: salesman. You're introducing your friend. And he's always with you. Absolutely. Uh, it's like a, it's a prayer that I've heard. Uh, Christ before you, Christ above you all around you every day every day every day um uh, well since we're uh, talking about like uh the importance of the whole uh lay people uh evangelization what's the ultimate goal of uh, evangelization we've mentioned it a little while ago but
1: yeah it's good to come back to this point though because i think it's a it's an extremely important point and it, and it does is um the the best port of the best portion uh, of evangelization is is the goal of it and i'm glad you brought that up because god has told us that answer too god wants everybody to be saved he, he said that repeatedly um read all four gospels you'll hear it more than any other thing you know god salvation is for all it's 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 all over the new Te- old testament you know come heal in all nations Uh, I wrote down a bunch of scriptures and I won't read them all to you, but I mean, they talk about it in, um, you know, you can go back to Adam and Eve. Uh, God could have just killed them on the spot, but he didn't. He put them on a path of salvation. Uh, You can can go through all seven covenants. Noah, same thing. I mean, it's a running story. It talks about in in Ezekiel, it talks about uh, how God is for all nations. Isaiah mentions how God is for all nations. Doesn't say for just Jewish people. Doesn't just say for Catholics. Doesn't it says everybody. Uh, and then, of course, all the way through the New Testament, Paul's letters, everything. So the point of evangelization is to bring everybody into the fold and fulfill that vocation for humanity. Um, while it did come from the Catechism, it, it doesn't say the vocation of Catholics. It says the vocation of man. Meaning the race of human beings, our vocation is to commune in love. So that is the goal of evangelization, is to make the biggest communion we can make possible. Um, and nothing, I think it's safe to say, uh, it's just my opinion, I think nothing would make God happier than for every human being that ever lived to get to heaven. I think that's, and, and I think that's, when you, when you think of it that way, it makes evangelization that much less scarier. That much less scarier. It's a. It's it's just the goal is to fulfill that communion, that vocation to communion and the love, and introduce our friend to the world. And if you've got a cool friend, we want to share him with everybody anyway. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. And I mean, Jesus is just about as cool as you can get. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And uh, you brought up a, a point in there about making evangelization less scary. And that, that put into my head, another reason I think people are afraid to evangelize is they're afraid that they're going to go out and like talk to people and they're not going to like them. They're going to like mistreat them like they're not going to listen. And something that I've learned is there will always be a few people who are not going to listen, who are not going to like what you're saying. But even if they don't, most likely they will at least respect you for putting your opinion out into the world.
1: Absolutely. And absolutely. And, and as I said, I mean, I'm not advocating that you go knocking on people's doors, uh, trying because that makes you a salesman. Um, and we get to the tips. I'll talk to those. But I mean, you know, just you're living your life. You're going to do that. And, and like you said, there's always going to be people who don't uh, want to listen. There's always going to be people. Jesus mentioned it's going to be hard, too. you're going to be persecuted in my name. You're going to be doing this. Um, I didn't look up the the, the reading, but I mean, in one of the gospel readings, he talks about, you know, you go in and say peace. And if they don't give you peace, leave, shake the dust off your feet. Um, God knows that that that's going to happen. Um, But I I still think, um, you know, for us to live our life to the fullest, to our fullest, we need to fulfill that vocation that God instilled in us and that is to communion, and, and uh, when we get to the tip section, I've got ways that'll make you feel like you're not being a uh, uh, used car salesman, and make people feel better about it.
0: Yeah, those, uh, like you said, the uh, vocation to communion and love, I love how you put that, because that, that's exactly what we're supposed to do. If you read the Bible, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, God always wants people to, lo- like, uh, it's one of the earlier chapters of Matthew, I know. I'm, I'm not a scripture student. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> Don't memorize um, them all either. He, he says, uh, you have heard, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemies and love those who persecute you. Matthew so, five,
1: you're right. Sermon on the Mount. Good one. Oh, Hope, my friend
0: yeah and the, that kind of fits in with what we were talking about absolutely just, just because you meet some people who don't like what you're saying doesn't mean that you uh are gonna have to stop you can keep evangelizing there will be absolutely. people who listen to you
1: and and realizing when that communion i mean it's if you read the bible and you break down i'm kind of a barney style kind of guy i like things broken down simple don't, don't make things difficult for me um You can see this isn't God's plan because when God made Adam by himself, he wasn't happy. Gave him Eve. Two of them, they were together. They're happier. Then you got to a family with Noah. They're happier. Then you got to a a bunch of tribes with Abraham. They're happier. I mean, you can see that this building and pulling people in is, is, is what makes us happy. So if you first don't succeed, try again. Exactly. Amen.
0: Uh, so, uh, my next question for you is, do you have any, uh, Practical tips for how we should go about evangelization? Like, just
1: anything? I absolutely do. And I hope these will help people out and make them easier. Uh, because, as I said, evangelization should be an invitation, not a smack in the face with a baseball bat. Uh, so, you know, just living your Christian life and knowing your faith is a huge way to evangelize. Um, when we think about people that we admire in the world, we're like, why do we admire them? Um, and, and I invite all your listeners to do that. Think of people you admire, truly admire, and, and why. Uh, I think of a friend of mine uh, named Ryan Martin, uh, probably the holiest man I'll ever meet. Um, if I could be anybody else on the planet other than myself, human, it would be him. I mean, he's just a fantastic man. Uh, and, and it's because he's not pushy about his religion. But it's very obvious by the way he lives his life that he's a, a Christian man. And he has Christian values, and that speaks to people. So I think that's the first and the, for, uh, the first and foremost way you can evangelize is, is by living that that upright Christian life. Uh, because we're happier. You, you heard the song. They always they'll, they'll know we're Christians by our smile. Uh, so they'll know. You know, one of the other things I did is, is I, at work I had a copy of a small catechism. You can get a catechism in a in a little paperback sized book on Amazon I think it's like seven bucks it's cheap and I would leave it on my desk at work I just left it there um, it wasn't even one I read I read the big one at home but it was there and I could see coworkers looking at it and then they'd look longer and then you could see them wanting to ask a question and then they'd ask a question and what a great way to do it I mean what a better way to evangelize and have somebody else ask you for the information instead of you having to, to give it. Uh, and I think you'll find, you know, by, uh, doing those things, it'll make it easier. Another thing I do is, I mean, when I'm in a restaurant, I make sign of the cross before I eat. Um, when I go out to eat with my workers, I I pray before, you know, eat. Eventually somebody's going to ask you a question. Um, and now there's your opportunity in And I think once, once it gets you out of your head that you're not having to initiate, um, Evangelization becomes much easier. Uh, Although I'll argue, if you're doing those things, you're initiating by by the way you live. But uh, uh, those are just easy tips. I mean, easing easing the way into the conversation. Uh, People are curious by nature, and I think when they see these things, especially if you're a sad person, and I see you walking around with smiling all the time, I'm going to ask you why you're so happy. What's the secret? And there's boom. Now there's my in. There's my in and and i use those things to do it i am not um a a walking door-to-door salesman i I, if you told me i had to go talk to 10 people today and tell them about jesus i would fail miserably um the natural conversations like we're having now are are what i've found to be the best way to do it and for me for me to initiate those kind of conversations um it's much easier if somebody else asked me but uh Think of things like that. I mean, you don't you don't have to wear a shirt that says "I love Jesus." Please ask me about it. Um, <laughs> but I think if you're standing there happy all the time, you're already saying "I love Jesus" and ask me about it just by your nature. And and that's a much better way to do it. And you're attracting people instead of like as I said, hitting them in the face with a tennis racket or a, or a baseball bat.
0: Yeah, and I can see where you come from. It would be easier to uh, kind of have the conversation slip in rather than like you like you were describing it with a baseball bat. Yeah. Uh, I am, I'm homeschooled. I have a professor who was an atheist. He converted to Catholicism. And he's always talking about how like when he was an atheist, whenever he would try to did, like ask questions or when, especially when he became Catholic and then he could meet an atheist now, they would defend or evangelize just by like throwing stuff at him like Bible verses and all that, uh, like, like they were smacking him with a baseball bat. And he said that in the Catholic church, it's not like that. You're not getting badgered from all sides. Uh, again, I'm not dissing any other denomination no. here. I'm just...
1: <laughs> no. What you're given is a great tip. I mean, that's, that's good feedback when we can get it from a guy who was an atheist. What, did it, what attracted you? Um, and it's the fact that you know, we're trying to blossom uh, to to use a that you know like a flower type image, then like you said, I, I don't want to get popped with a baseball bat. Don't don't beat me up with Jesus, you know. And in, introduce me to Jesus. Don't beat me up with Jesus.
0: And that that just made me think of that story. I hope I told it right. I hope I didn't get no, that wrong. Great, it's great <laughs> story.
1: It's it's a and it's a win. That's what's nice about that story. It was a win.
0: Yeah, I just hope I didn't. it's been a long time since i heard it so for all i know i mixed two different complete stories together so i'm just hoping i told that i hope so too
1: because the message was great i think you killed it
0: well even if i told it wrong i'm just glad the message was great
1: yeah it was good it's a good message and it's a true message because that's that's the truth
0: yeah it really is um but yeah i agree with you and We've been doing, at my house, we've been doing the Bible study on Matthew from Augustine by Dr. Gray and uh, Dr. Barber. Yes. And there have been, like you said, it's way too complex to be made up. They have pointed out connections to Old Testament scripture passages that I never would have thought of in a million years.
1: It's far too interconnected. I mean, we couldn't make up this story. We Not couldn't. At all. I know it's true. You could, uh, a novelist couldn't come up with this
0: no and i mean like there have been passages where even just like one one or two words will point out a it'll be kind of like a foreshadowing of jesus so oh yeah no nobody who's a novelist like you say could like think in that many places at once like i need to put a a reference here a foreshadowing here a prophecy here it's just way too spread out and complex
1: and it's written by 73 at least 73 different people. To all yeah. connect as much. It's it's amazing. It'll make your mind hurt. Keep you up nights nice if you think about it.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of fun to make the connections though. Like when you learn about it or if you notice something, you, you can absolutely. Yeah.
1: Maybe you'll be a scripture student. I like where you're going here. This is good stuff.
0: <laughs> well you never know.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: Well speaking of uh, scripture and the catechism do you have any other recommended resources for evangelization? You know,
1: um, if you're if, if if you're afraid to uh, if you're afraid to kind of talk about the faith, um, Dr. Elizabeth Klein wrote a real really great book. It's called "What Every Catholic Should Know About God." Uh, Dr. Elizabeth Klein. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on um, uh, in written and in Audible. I I'm a nerd, so I bought both, um, and I read it and I listen to it when I run. Uh, she really did a fantastic job. It's a beautiful book, um, and it's kind of like the uh, excuse a phrase, but it's kind of like Catholicism for dummies. Um, you know, <laughs> she breaks it down Barney style and 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 makes all the connections, big connections, and will enable you to you know talking intelligently about the faith and and dig up other questions. Um, the other thing is talk to your priest talk to your priest. I mean, priests, I, I think priests would love to talk. You're like, Hey, you know, um, I was reading through scripture and I'm, I'm kind of confused about that. I think they'd love to sit down and talk to you about that. I have never, ever met a priest who wouldn't discuss scripture with me. If you, if you go to a priest and you say, Hey, I, I'm having trouble with this passage. Or I'd like to discuss this passage. I have never once met a priest who was like, I am too busy to talk about scripture with you. They love it. They love it. They'll, they'll talk to you. Uh, That's a good place to start. And, you know, the other thing is, is I would talk to friends. I mean, conversations like we're having are great. You know, what has worked for you? What has worked? I don't, somebody asked me once, is there a wrong way to pray? And I'm like, I don't know. I haven't found it yet. If there is, Um, I kind of feel like that about evangelization. If you go out there with your, with the right spirit, um, I don't know if there is a wrong way to do it. If If you're introducing somebody to your friend, do it the way that's natural for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to go and sound like you're reading from the textbook right in their faces, right?
1: No, absolutely not. That, then you'll feel like a salesman, and you won't want to do it again. Be you, introduce them to your friend.
0: Yeah, uh, I have kind of a personal question for you. Absolutely. What, what is your uh, favorite Bible verse? Your favorite oh my, scripture verse? God.
1: You're trying to ask me what my favorite child is. That, that's. That... <laughs> that's kind of terrible that's a uh, um i've got three short ones i can think of that i think about a lot um one's real obvious the road to emmaus by in in as told by luke um it's in luke chapter thir- 24 13 through 34 i believe but the road to emmaus because uh um if you read that story and think about it it's a description of the mass it's, it's, it's a straight description of the Mass. You're walking down, you have readings. They tell about the readings. It's the world's greatest Bible study. You're getting Bible study from Jesus himself. I mean, what I would do to be a fly on the wall for that conversation. And then <laughs> at the end of it, they do the Eucharist. And it, and it really highlights Jesus's real presence in the Eucharist. So, I mean, that's just what a beautiful passage. It's just every time I am sit in Mass, if I, if I get distracted or I feel bored, I think about that passage. And, uh, and it really makes me uh, focus. Um, I'm a military guy. So Romans pops into me. Romans 5, uh, three talks about, um, it's probably just easier if I read it real quick, cause it's really short. It's a great one. Everybody should do it. Um, five, three. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame. I just love that. I mean, no matter how bad it gets, if it gets really bad, I read that. And I'm like, ah, first world problems. My life is okay. So, I mean, that's, that's a hopeful one. And then the last one I was actually talking to your mom about it's in Genesis <laughs> of all things. Um, if you look at Genesis 2, 2 9, it says, and out of the ground, the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to sight and good for food. And then in verse 11, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat now the reason i picked that one is it it, it so illustrates the senselessness of sin it's senselessness of sin and the reason i say is, it is we all know that the triple concupiscence is lust of the flesh lust of the eyes and pride of life um saint john mentioned it in his letters uh adam was tempted by those three so was jesus jesus succeeded Uh, but before any of that happened, God already gave us all that stuff. I mean, it said right there, it's the food was pleasant to the eyes, good for food. And he told us what was wrong. So he gave us everything. So the devil tempted us with stuff that God already gave us. And when I think about that and focus on them, like how senseless is sin? God has already given us all these things and we're, we're falling victim to it. So it really, when I, when I, before I go to confession, I, I, I think about that because it brings right to the forefront, not only the, 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 I hate to you, there's not another word for it, but the idiocy of sin and how senseless and it was, we already have everything. God's given us everything. And it's just what, how, how, how sad and awful it is, um, and, and senseless so those are the three i picked i could pick 900 more I, I like a lot of them but those three are the ones that are screaming at me at this point in time
0: those are great thank you for sharing that
1: oh, absolutely thanks for letting me share
0: your oh i was glad to ask you i mean i was curious i wanted to know
1: oh those are great ones there's a hundred out there i mean there's thousands of other ones
0: yeah i love how you chose the uh genesis and reference triple concupiscence uh, and how jesus succeeded and i love how you tied all that together with the devil t- giving us what god has already giving us like tempting us with it because yes! that put that put into my head when jesus i can't remember the exact wording whenever he's standing on the mountain and the devil is saying uh throw yourself down for god says the mm-hmm. angels shall catch you he's twisting scripture right yeah. He, he's using what we already have from god and he's twisting it because an interesting fact is he stopped short a line because if i remember correctly the next line of that is about crushing the serpent's head yes and that was a reference to genesis i believe because the devil was the serpent
1: yeah no you're so, right but I- you pointed out key things these are all the things i think about when i think about that verse you're, you're bringing all these vivid images to my mind when you say these things and, that, and that, that's all of those two little lines yeah. the magic yeah it's one of my favorite ones um definitely i'm glad you got that in there too because that's that i think that's the whole point of it i think god trying to tell us in the second chapter of the first book how senseless the need for salvation history is. Now, I'm glad he did it because I'm glad we're going to, we get that, but you know, how senseless it was. He'd already given us everything and it just, it puts sin in a completely different perspective for me. Um, and and makes me even feel worse when I do it now. So. Uh,
0: yeah, I can see where you're coming from on that. I hadn't really thought of it in that light before I hadn't put those, those two phrases together to think of it like that. That's a good point. I mean, you have everything. You don't need to be tempted by what you already have
1: exactly doesn't that just blow your mind that just blows yeah, my it mind it does honestly it just blows my mind and we still do it which blows my mind even more and i'm including myself in that group
0: yeah i mean me too i'm not excluding no, myself all, from that group either we all no, have that all, we all
1: are that's and it's just shocking because i can read this to you and i'm sure it's gonna you know it, nah. <laughs> the <senselessness> of it.
0: <laughs> yeah I have one more question that I almost forgot about for you, actually. I got another answer. Uh, why is it? Imp- so whenever I did the introductory episode of this podcast, I pointed out one of my goals is to try to get more youth involved in ministry. Mm. Uh, Cause like we're going to need the younger generation of the church if we want it to continue and it should. So why is it important to get youth involved in evangelization?
1: Well. <sighs> You know the obvious answer is is uh you know you guys are our future if we don't if we don't capture the youth um you know that we're not gonna succeed uh, and we already know we will because god's told us we will but uh you know the youth is our future and that's where our investment needs to be and you know if you, if, if we can get youth evangelizing early i mean you've got a good 20 25 years more to evangelize than i've got left on this planet hopefully so, I mean, that, that's the second investment of it. The, the other thing that strikes me is, is I was up reading one day and uh, I got a couple tattoos and uh, I, I usually like to cover them up when I'm at church, but for some reason I had them out and uh, and a young man mentioned to me, you know what? I, I, I didn't think, I, I was thinking that I wouldn't go to church anymore until I saw your tattoos and I realized Jesus is cool. Um, and I think that's, the biggest reason we need to capture the youth because jesus is cool Um, the problem is is i'm a 50 year old man i'm no longer cool I'm, i'm a dad and i'm a grandpa i'm not cool you're cool because you're a kid uh not a kid a young man uh and you're still in the cool stage and that's the fire we need to get to jesus because jesus is cool if i tell you jesus is cool i'm an old man just spewing stuff at you but when you say it it carries a weight that i can't give to it uh, because the, the youth has that weight and has that, that power in them to do that. So I think it's really important to capture and get the youth to do this because you bring that energy and that credibility that we adults can't get anymore.
0: That's a good point. Uh, I'm not trying to like uh, say you're not cool. I'm just <laughs> saying that that was a good point that you made. Yeah. Well,
1: it's, and I tell you what, the other thing is, is you guys, uh, you guys, the youth, the young, fire up we older folk when we see you enjoying jesus and all that it makes us remember how how cool it is and that it's this is a good thing so uh, you know there's the last end of it is is you you're the service you provide for us is amazing as well so you guys have got all the power to do it so that's why i think we need to mobilize you because you guys have the
0: power well that's a good point thank you you're welcome and when, when you said that, it reminded me of the uh, gospel verse where Jesus says, let the children come to me, like he's referring to the younger generation. Absolutely. He, he wants Absolutely. everyone young and old to know him. He wants us all. He wants us all. Well, uh, that, that was my last question, honestly. Absolutely. I don't have any others.
1: <laughs> don't worry. That was great. I appreciate you having me on board. and. Uh, um... Um, I hope if we reach one of your listeners, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, it is. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. And I'd love to have you again if you'd want some time.
1: Absolutely. Hey, I had a great time. I enjoyed the conversation and I'd absolutely love to do it again.
0: I would too. I enjoyed this a lot. We'll make it happen. We will. Excellent. Um, To our listeners, I will put the notes to everything in the show notes i'll put the bible verses i'll put the catechism references and the uh, book that andy mentioned by dr elizabeth klein i'll put that down there as well and i want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to this and we will see you all next time this has been seeking sanctus